Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Sportsbet BS Hotline, state your emergency. Yeah, it's me punters group. Me mate Dave, I reckons he bought in. Okay, hang up now. What? And join Sportsbet's Bet With Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Our next guest, what about this guy? He's an author, writer, rugby commentator, MC, guest speaker. One of the best guest speakers I've happened to see. Modern day poet. His name is Mick Collis. Mick, welcome to the run home with Joel and Fletch. Yeah, g'day Joel. Nice to talk to you again. G'day Fletch. Mate, I've been waxing lyrically about your story about how a young, humble man from uh, modest upbringings alongside Hamish Sutherland, Mark Skiffington and Sandy Sutherland would go conquer the world. Tell us about that, please, Mick. <laughs> yes, well, from my very humble beginnings, sort of grew up in, around, in and around Eastwood uh, in Sydney and always wanted to play for Australia like, like most kids growing up. And I wasn't really any good at anything. So I, I played rugby league, rugby union, uh, cricket, uh, tried swimming, surf, life saving, ended up trying lawn bowls, was no good at any of them. And I went up to Brisbane to watch the Bledisloe Cup and, and Mark Skiffington pulled out a book of Sudoku puzzles, which I'd never seen before. And <laughs> we had just the right number of beers. And, and I just said to Skiff, I said that if we created our own World Sudoku Championships, that we could actually pick ourselves in the Australian team. So we we're going to hold this a World Championships at our rugby club and have our Tommy mates play for England and the Kiwis for New Zealand. But when we got back home, we discovered there was already a World Sudoku Championship. So I, I sort of sniffed around trying to find out, you know, obviously a bit optimistic, um, thinking that I could actually make this team somehow. But I ended up finding out, to, to cut a very long story short, to be selected for your country to represent at the World Sudoku Championships, you need to be selected and have that selection ratified by your country's member of this thing called the World Puzzle Federation. And as it turned out, Australia didn't have a member of the World Puzzle Federation. So I applied. I became Australia's member of the World Puzzle Federation. So all of a sudden, I'm the sole selector. So I've picked myself and the other three blokes, and we've um, yeah, headed off to India to wear the green and gold and represent our country with a distinction. Can you tell us about the team announcement uh, when that said team was named, the inaugural team to go over to India and represent Australia and Sudoku? Yeah, and that was a, that was a special moment. Um, I, I remember my wife was in the Australian women's water polo team for nine years, and I remember after a, an Australian championships, they all lined up, and they announced they announced the team, and her surname was Wheelock, so she had to wait. They called it out alphabetically, and she had to wait right to the very end to to know whether her name was called out. And I just thought it, it just it must be an amazing experience to to be standing there waiting to hear your name called out from an Australian team. So that was something that I wanted to replicate. So I'd, I'd, you know, I'd picked the team and I'd written my name down on a piece of paper, but I was 42 years old at this stage and I was so nervous waiting to hear my name called out, <laughs> wondering, have, have I made this team or not? So I've stood up in the pub because we had an Australian Championships. Um, four of us turned up, so we knew we were a fair chance of making the, of the four-man team. But I've stood up in the pub and I've opened up the piece of paper and I've announced, I've called out just to the, anyone that was listening at the time, I've just said, you know, the team to represent Australia at the World Sudoku Championships in Goa, India, is, and I'm just thinking, please pick me, please pick me, please pick me. And I, I start reading the names out and I say, Mark Skiffington, Hamish Sutherland, 
Sandy Sutherland. Um, you know, I'm thinking about my wife, thinking, okay, there's one, there's one spot left. I've got everything crossed. And then I hear, I hear Mick Collis. And, mate, honestly, one of the greatest moments. I've still got goosebumps when I think about it now. It's yeah. an amazing experience. Being named in your first ever Australian team, honestly, uh, what a thrill. So, Mick, what happens now? Your team get together. Did you have to practice or you, were, you, were you quite good at Sudoku anyway? Or did you have to learn the rules? Like, what, what happened yeah, after I'd, that? I'd, well, I'd never actually, I hadn't actually played a game um, at this stage when I'd, when I'd made the team. Uh, so, so Skipper was the only one who'd actually played a game before. So we made him captain. He, got, he, he was named captain. Yeah, and then we thought, we, you know, you always see, um, if, I made a couple of junior representative teams in rugby and I had some mates in the Wallabies and you see these guys come back from their cricket tools and they've got so much gear. And we thought one of the great things about representing any, any sport is, is the clothing that you get. And we thought, well, we're in charge. So we can get as much kit as we want. So we ended up we're getting five different outfits, had to hold the blazer right through, which was the number ones, right through to the green and gold um, playing kit. So we've got all that kit. We get on the plane. We get about an hour out of Singapore on the way to the World Championships. And I was suddenly breaking into this cold sweat. And I'm sitting next to Skippo, <laughs> and he's, he's noticed it. And he said, mate, what's wrong? And I said to him that I'm on my way to India to represent Australia at the World Sudoku Championships. And I'll never forget what he did. He just looked at me. He put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, mate, I know, and you should be very proud. And I said, I am but I don't know how to play Sudoku. So he's, he sat down with me. We pulled out the in-flight magazine, found a couple of Sudoku puzzles. Um, he's, he's shown me how to do it. I stuffed up both of those. So then I'm starting to panic, think I'm going to let Australia down. So he's put out his, his book of puzzles and he's explained to me how to do it. So I did one on the plane and that was, that was a real confidence booster for me because I'd, I'd just set a PB and I knew I was in career best form. So I went into the competition with a lot of confidence so we got across there and we ended up, there was seven rounds of 45 minutes and each round consisted of 12 puzzles. And the puzzles ranged from the simple ones in the paper to the ones that were unrecognisable as Sudoku. <laughs> and each puzzle was worth a certain number of points. So five the simple through to 70 for the more difficult. And, and you basically had, you had 45 minutes in each round to try and complete as many of those 12 puzzles as you could to score as many points as you could. And then at the end of the day, they basically add up, well, add up after each round, how many points you've scored. And at the end of the day, the highest point scorer gets uh, the world champion. Oh, that's outstanding. Who, who was the big? Uh, who was your big opposition at said tournament? Well, the main guy, Thomas Snyder. Thomas Snyder from America. He was the back-to-back world champion. So he was um, he was the rock star of international Sudoku. And then there was another guy in the American team, a guy called Weewa Wang, and he'd actually trained himself to hold a pencil in both hands when he does Sudoku. And, and he said if he had a third hand, he would find a use for that. And we didn't doubt him for one minute. But, um, <laughs> but he could play. He so, could play. So what happens? You, all, you end up going to Goa and you're sitting in, in – yep. are you in some sort of like a classroom or is it a hall? Yeah, it's the Great Hall at the Holiday Inn in Goa, one oh. of the world's great sporting cathedrals. <laughs> <laughs> so how many, how many countries are representative, representative here? There was 30 – 30 nations were represented and, wow. and 89 individuals. So it made us the world game. You know, they can have this Qatar thing. Sudoku was the world game. This has got like Netflix written all over it, mm. in, in all honesty. Is there a chance of that happening, Mick? Well, <laughs> funny you should ask because there actually a script has been written. And, and it's funny. I, know, I actually wrote the script with, um, with a mate of mine who'd written a movie before. I didn't know how to write a movie, but... A mate of mine did, a guy called Damien O'Donnell, and Damien used to be the ball boy for the Roosters in the 1974-75 grand finals with Hardy Beats and then Jack Gibson. So I've written the script um, with Damien, and at the moment they've just attached a director to it. 
and they're hoping to start shooting that in around September of next year. Wow. So who has picked that up? Is it Netflix? Uh, no, not that. It'll be a, it's a um, third man film. It's a production company in Sydney have teamed up with Madman from Melbourne. So they want to chuck it in the cinemas uh, first of all and then see how it goes in the cinemas. So it could all fall over it at the moment. That's um, hitting the right direction. So what happened, Mick, after when you were there? How did you actually perform? Were you any good? No, that's what. There's no Cinderella story <laughs> to this thing at all. So I've got in there. So the first round, I've opened up. I've turned over my puzzle book and opened up the first page, and I've seen something that I've never even seen before. <laughs> so I've gone to page two, and it was another one I didn't even know what what it was. <laughs> I've gone to page three, and I found one called the classic, which is like you see in the paper every day. So I've knuckled down. And I got stuck into that. So we had we had 45 minutes to try and do 12 puzzles. I finished my classic puzzle in round one in 41 minutes. And, and, it, and, it, and the day didn't get any better from there. So out of the 84 puzzles on, on, uh, on offer during the day, of the 84 puzzles, I finished three. <laughs> and, and what about, okay, the tournament's now over. Was there a mad Monday? Did you, did you get around? Did you hang out well, we had, with anyone else? We had, a, we, we had a team bonding session on the night before our first game. Perfect. And that, that wasn't the smartest of preparations uh, <laughs> looking back at things. But, and it was very funny. So, we, yeah, we had, a, we had Mad Monday. But we were the only team that did. When we first got there, we went to the bar, and there was heaps of people in the bar. But they they were just doing puzzles, like they weren't they weren't. And I, we took a we took a cricket bat and a ball over because we thought we could. It's on the beach. We thought we could play India and the Pommy teams just in some beach cricket. So we've gone down the beach. No one else came down to the beach. We sat around the pool. We've jumped in the pool. They've sat around the pool doing puzzles. Like they honestly just that was all they did was just was puzzles. So there was there was no. There was no Mad Monday. And people say it was the, the World Sudoku Championship Athletes Village, as we like to call it, was it anything like the Olympic Village? And I thought if they had have bought one box of condoms, they would have overawed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mick, uh, good on you, mate. Hey, listen, um, who was the best performer, yourself, Brothers Sutherland or Skiffington? Well, out of the 89 individuals yeah. uh, in the world, I was 89th. Mm. Um, Hamish was 88th. Sandy was 87th, and in one of the great captain's knocks, Mark Skivington, 83rd. <laughs> 83rd? Oh, well done, yep. Skiffo. Hey, he took uh, a couple of scalps off the Bangladeshis. <laughs> oh, right, the Bangladeshis. Mick, where can everyone find you? Because as I've said, I reckon you're the best guest speaker I've seen, and I love how you get dressed in your, your number ones, your blazer and your kit. Uh, where can our audience track you down if they want to use you for a corporate event or so on? Uh, yeah, no, thanks, Joel. I, I appreciate it. it. It's look, it's a fun. It was a, I fell into a good story. It's a fun one to tell, and, uh, and it's a fun one to go on. So, look, just yeah, people Google Mick Collis, um, they'll find me. Otherwise, I'm with a bureau called ICMI. Um, but you know, yeah, happy. To, I'm a resident of Australia, so happy to travel around and um, yeah, have a, have a couple of beers and a yarn about the story with people at the end of it. So it's all it's all been a lot of good fun. What do you do, Mick, for for a job day to day? Well, I, 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 do, I, I do work for an advertising company, but it's not going very well at the moment. We set it up about 19 years ago, and if it was a dog, you'd shoot it, but it's our dog, so we give it water every day, and we're trying to keep it alive. So I sort of do, I do that and then do a bit of the speaking, a bit of, yeah, a bit of rugby commentary. Um, I wrote a, a book last year and then been working on the movie, so I've sort of got five part-time jobs to try and make up one income, which oh. my wife's not very happy about. She'd rather I actually went and got a job, but... Um, yeah, just trying to. Yeah, so I've got to dabble in a couple of things. Are you still into the poetry, Mick? Yeah, and still do it. Yeah, still do a bit of um, do 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 poetry. I'm actually going up to 
the Gold Coast on uh, the 6th of November. They've got a, a bit of a tribute to Shane Warne up there. And I did one I did one when Warney passed away. So I'm going to do that poem up at, um, at a function at Northcliffe Surf Club up in January. Yeah, so still do. Yeah, a bit of poetry uh, thrown there as well. Yeah. And have you got anything up your sleeve for the listeners? Yeah, mate, I've got, I've got my Warney one. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Sorry about the question without notice, but I appreciate you doing this. No, that's all right. So do you want me to get stuck into it? Yeah, Just let's please. go. All right, here we go. I never saw Don Bradman bat or saw Jordan Fraser swim. I never saw John Landy run nor backed Farlap to win. I never saw the great John Coleman kick a bag of goals, but I'll tell my grandkids I was blessed because I saw Shane Warne bowl. I'll tell them how the tubby kid with blonde hair stole our hearts, mesmerising batsmen fuelled by cheeseburgers and darts. From Lords to Chennai Candy to the famous MCG, he was the one that parents would all take their kids to see. I'll tell them about Sri Lanka back in 1992. Three for none off 13 balls showed just what he could do. They ate against the Windies in December of that year. Warney was the headlights, the batsmen were the deer. I'll tell them about his wronging and his slider and his flipper, his zooter and his googly and his leg spinner and dipper. I'll tell them of the fizzing sound the ball made when it spun, at the times he brought the greatest batsman in the world undone. And of course, I'll sit and tell them about his battles for the ashes, the roles he played in some of cricket's greatest ever clashes. From the Gatting Ball, the first he ever bowled on English soil, to the hat-trick and the famous spells reward for graft and toil. And I'll tell them about the man himself, a man I never met, but one my generation will find so hard to forget. A showman, a magician, and a wizard with the ball, a man who many claim to be the greatest of them all. A bowler who endeared himself to every type of fan, with the strength of mind and self-belief to execute a plan. Batsmen were the enemy, he'd flood their minds with doubt, till the rattle of the stumps would let them know that they were out. He was flamboyant and cavalier. The pitch was Shane Warne's stage, the undisputed king ruling cricket's golden age, a hero to the members and to the mob in Bay 13, to the rock stars, politicians, and to all types in between. He no doubt had his flaws. That was part of his appeal. Sections of his life were like a human highlights reel. But he had a gift, and we would sit there breathless and enthralled from the very moment that the captain tossed Shane Warne the ball. We'd sit and watch in wonder at its movement through the air. Dipping, drifting, floating, batsmen didn't have a prayer. We'd watch it land and bite the ground, then roar back towards the stumps. Even thinking about it now still gives me goosebumps. The next ball we'd be watching with that same anticipation. We'd stare in disbelief at the speed of its rotation. The batsmen thinking, calculating what each ball might do. To be honest, I think sometimes not even warning you. I'll tell them he played cricket like it was a pantomime. And I'll tell them, sadly, how he went before his time. And I'll tell them he left memories that will never go away. And I'll tell them I'm forever grateful that I saw him play. So that's Warney. That is outstanding, Mick. Well done. There's a standing up. That is bloody outstanding. Mick Collis, you're a genius. We appreciate your time, mate. We've taken up a fair slab of it. But uh, the board's lit up. You're so, so talented. We appreciate it. Mick Collis is the man. We'll catch you soon, legend. Look forward to it, Joel. Thanks, mate. Cheers, folks. Uh, Thanks, Mick. Uh, what a mate. legend. What an absolute legend. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91